Hello, everyone, and welcome to Bath and Biscuits, the podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Rosino, and I am here to bring pet parents and pet professionals together to create a community of educated pet lovers. Policies, policies, policies. Every single business out there has policies, they have rules that us as clients, we need to follow. Same is true for the pet care industry. And so for this episode, I wanted to go over some of the most common policies that you will see in grooming shops, daycare facilities, boarding facilities, all of that. So I can explain why those policies are in place. I feel like it's very easy as clients to get upset when a business is enforcing a policy because it usually will either be an inconvenience to you or cost you money. And so I understand that it can be frustrating, um, but I think it's also important for you to understand that these policies are in place for the safety of the dogs, the safety of the staff, and for the business to operate smoothly. And if you are expecting a business to accommodate you outside their policies, there are fees that may come with that or they have the right to just say no. If a business is just accommodating everybody outside of their policies, there's no reason to have policies in the first place. So if a business is enforcing a policy, you have to respect that and you can't be mad that they are enforcing a rule that you knew about. 99% of the time, businesses are going to have a contract for you to sign that outlines every single policy that they have. And if you don't sign that contract, your dog shouldn't be in the facility. If a company doesn't have that or if you didn't sign it and your dog is going to the facility then that's on the business but generally you're going to have to sign like a terms and conditions prior to having your dog be serviced by a business so i've worked in multiple different boarding facilities daycare facilities i have my own business for grooming so i'm going to go over the general policies that you'll see and just kind of explain what they mean so you as the client can understand why they're there in the first place there's some policies that are legally required i'm not gonna get into those if you do want to know more so about some of the legal policies that you'll see i can explain to you what they mean why they have them you can just shoot me a dm on my instagram or i can make another podcast episode going into those legal policies um usually if you're reading a terms and conditions it might be something that you have no idea what it means generally that's based on if you leave a dog at a facility you just abandon them you don't pick them up if a dog dies or a dog gets really hurt like how much the business is actually liable to cover like how much money a dog in for us for new york state how much a dog is worth um and just things like that so for this i'm just going to talk again about general policies so the first one is last minute cancellations and no show fees and this can be for grooming this could be for training, um, daycare, boarding, literally anything. If you have an appointment, if a business is running by appointments and you cancel last minute, there might be a fee because you're taking a spot that another dog could have filled, but now you gave no notice 
for the business to try and find another dog to fill that spot. If you completely no-show, there's absolutely no way for a business to fill your dog's appointment time because you just didn't show up. You had you gave absolutely no no notice whatsoever. So usually you'll see that businesses will ask for a cancellation within 24 to 48 hours without you having a fee for that because that gives them a little bit of cushion room to find another dog to fill that spot. Generally, you don't see it too much with daycare because I know a lot of daycares don't run on an appointment basis, but some do. You'll usually see this with grooming uh, grooming appointments or boarding appointments because if a, a facility is filling out and you have a week-long boarding booked and then you just don't show up or you cancel the day before you're supposed to be there, that's a week's-long reservation that they had that room blocked out. And now it's kind of hard to kind of get that spot filled up, especially if it's during a busy season. And it goes the same way for grooming appointment. If you cancel within a day or the day before, it's really hard to try to find somebody to fill that spot. And if you don't show up, usually the fee, like for a grooming fee, a lot of people will do like 50% of what the total cost was. Some people will make you pay the full price of the groom even though you didn't show up because you left them with no notice. You left them a blank spot, absolutely no way for them to try to fill it because you just didn't show up to the original appointment. And you'll generally have to pay these fees prior to booking your next appointment or at your next appointment, however it goes. So these fees are in place because it is costing the business money. If they are booking by appointment, that appointment is is blocked out for your specific pet. And so they like they're accommodating your pet at that time so if you don't give notice and they don't have a way to fill that time spot they lose money so i can understand that it's frustrating if you have to pay a fee on a service that you didn't even wind up using or you didn't wind up getting but you just cost the business money so there should be a fee for that if it's a if it, there's an emergency i guarantee you businesses will be empathetic they will be understanding if it's a first time last minute cancellation if it's a first time no show if there's an emergency generally people will give you a pass and say listen this is what my policy is it's the first time this has happened so i'm going to give you a free pass but next time this is my fee so usually some businesses will give you a friendly reminder of what their policies are and not charge you but that is not all businesses and they do not have to give you a free pass they have the right to charge you because they just missed out on money the next policy this is more so with grooming so a dematting fee or a shave down fee so people will kind of ask why are you charging a dematting fee why isn't it just included Dematting takes a much longer time than just brushing out a coat. So it's not a part of the process of just you coming in for a normal groom. If the coat condition is not in good condition and there needs to be dematting, that's extra work, which is going to set a groomer back, especially if they work on an appointment basis. That's going to cut into their other appointments because dematting is going to take longer than just a general brush out. A shave down fee 
I know a lot of people can kind of question this because they feel like, oh, you're just shaving the coat down. It's so much quicker. What is the big deal? A lot of times when there's a shave down, if it's a severely matted dog, it's going to take longer because you're trying to be really cautious because tight matting can be very, very tricky to shave through. You can easily nick a dog. You have to be careful with your blades getting too hot so the dog doesn't get razor burn. You have to stop. You have to change your blades. It puts so much wear and tear on your blades because you're going through such a dirty coat. There, it, It's more time. It's more time. It's more wear and tear on your equipment. And the coat condition is just so much worse than a coat that is not matted. So while it is a shave down, doesn't mean it's such a simple task to do. And doesn't mean that it's so much quicker than a normal groom because generally it takes longer because you're going slower to be more careful. A dematting fee, just going back to that, might be different. Like there might not be a set price. It might be per minute. It might be one price for a small dog. It might be one price for a larger dog. It might just depend on the severity. So a dematting fee can range depending on the shop, depending on how bad it is, all of that. A special handling fee. So again, this can be for grooming, this can be for daycare, for boarding, whatever it is. But generally for grooming, if there's a special handling fee, it's if your dog requires a muzzle or requires an extra person to help during the groom. And so this costs more because if you need multiple people to do a job, that's gonna be an extra set of hands that you have to pay to help for that service. So there's going to be an extra fee for that. If your dog requires more work, there's going to be more money involved. Meet and greets. This goes for boarding facilities, daycare facilities. This can go for people who offer dog walking or pet sitting that want to meet the dogs. I know a lot of people, when I worked at boarding facilities where we required meet and greets, who just didn't want to do the meet and greet. They just wanted to be able to drop their dog off for boarding and that's it. I genuinely don't understand pet parents like this because me, if I needed to leave my dog anywhere, I want to go to the facility. I want to take a tour of the facility. I want to meet the people who are going to be handling my dog. So that's just me. But meet and greets are in place not to be an inconvenience for you. Like people get upset because, oh, I have to take off of work. But like, Yes, meet and greets are absolutely necessary, especially if you are looking to do daycare. If you are if you go to a daycare facility that doesn't do a meet and greet, a temperament test, evaluate the dog, that is such a red flag and I would not bring your dog there. Every single dog that's going to go into a group setting needs to be temperament tested. You need to do a meet and greet. If you're going for boarding, the meet and greet is necessary because even if the dog is not going to play with other dogs because... What we're looking for is to make sure that your dog is comfortable in the facility. We want to make sure that we can handle them. We want to make sure that when they go into their room, they're not going to be severely anxious where they are jumping, clawing, panting, drooling excessively, vomiting, pooping, peeing. Because if a dog is so severely anxious in the room, if we're unable to handle them, that is not a good fit for our facility. So we need to see what we're getting into before accepting a dog. We need to be able to see these things before we accept you to come for boarding or for daycare. And sometimes you may not know that your dog has these issues. 
right? Like you can say, oh, my dog is not food food aggressive, my dog is not cage aggressive, but you've never seen your dog in a boarding setting away from you. It's so much different than them being at home or going in their own crate at home where they know you, they know the environment. When they're in a place that's not their home, they're not familiar with it, it's stressful, there's other dogs, the staff are strangers to them, they can act completely different. And so the meet and greet is definitely necessary in order to make sure that your dog is comfortable. Like this is for your dog. We wanna make sure that your dog feels comfortable and your dog will be safe while they're here. Another policy that we have is dropping off by a specific time. This is usually for daycare or for boarding. The reason why this policy is in place, and this is another one that people didn't like, is dropping their dog off for daycare before noon, right? But the reason why this is in place is because after a certain time, the daycare dogs start to wind down. They've been playing all morning. If you come in at 3 o'clock in the afternoon after there's already been dogs in daycare since 8 o'clock in the morning, that is going to set off the group and your dog comes in with so much energy, that's going to bring up the arousal level so much, which really increases the the likelihood of a fight breaking out. If you're looking to drop your dog off for boarding and they have a specific drop-off time by maybe it's 12 o'clock, maybe 2, 3, usually feeding time for boarding will be between 5 and 7. That's generally the time that we would do feeding for dinner. So if you just drop your dog off at 5 o'clock, they're going to come in, go into their room, get their dinner, and then they're going to digest and then wait until the after-dinner let out before going to the bathroom we don't want that to happen we don't want your dog to come into the facility and go directly into their room we want them to come into the facility have time to either go into daycare or go to do private play hang out get some energy out and relax so that they're here they're comfortable they get to have dinner just coming in and going straight into a room can cause a lot of anxiety for the dog so we don't like that to happen that's why we like to have dogs into the facility by a specific time pick up by a specific time if this is for boarding sometimes they have you need to have your dog picked up by this time or daycare is picked up by this time this is just to make sure that everything is getting done as it's supposed to be getting done we close at a specific time so we want to make sure that everything can get cleaned all the dogs that are boarding are taken care of and everything just everything gets done there have been so many times where i've sat after hours waiting for clients to pick up so when you have people picking up outside of those hours and you're waiting for pickup you have to pay an employee to stay there to wait for somebody to get picked up sometimes they will have like checkouts be before like in the in the morning until like noon and then check in afternoon um so that your dogs say your dog was boarding and they're picking up on monday another dog is coming in on monday they want your dog to be picked up so that that room can be cleaned sanitized and ready for the next dog that is coming in that's going to go into that room and if you don't pick up early enough we have to find accommodations for your dog because their room is now being serviced to another pet. 
if it's a dog that's in daycare this generally doesn't make too much of a difference because they'll be able to be playing but if it's just a private play dog we do have to find accommodations for them if there's another dog coming into their room if it's like a busy time if it's slow it's not really too much of an issue but during busy seasons this is when this stuff can become a little bit tricky spaying or neutering by a certain age this one has been a little bit different generally what I've seen in the facilities that I worked at is your pet should be spayed or neutered by six months or a year. You want to prevent any type of pregnancies that can happen on accident. Also, there can be behavioral issues. You can have intact males challenging other intact males. You can have intact males that are really focused on females who are going into heat. Um, and so it's really to prevent those type of issues and not to say that intact males are aggressive or females that are going into heat are going to be you know behavioral issues or things like that so don't act like oh my dog is not neutered and they're perfectly fine i'm not saying that there are issues but there are problems that can arise in a group setting if there are dogs that are intact if there are dogs that are in heat so Generally, you will see facilities requiring spaying or neutering. Also, with dogs being spayed, no facility wants a dog bleeding in their facility. If your dog is in heat, I generally don't, I've never worked at a facility that allows dogs in while they're in heat. So that's just something to keep in mind. We've had situations where people have lied and said that their dog is spayed and went into heat. That has happened before, but that's again on the business because there should be proof of the spaying or the neutering. Vaccines. Every single facility is going to require vaccines. The only vaccine that is required by law is the rabies vaccine. However, majority of the pet care facilities will require rabies, distemper, parvo, and bordetella. In my opinion, I think the core vaccines should be required and the rabies you need by law. So pet facilities can be questioned. Like they can be acts to provide proof of vaccine records for the dogs in their facilities and you need to be able to provide that if you're asked if there's a fight that happens and a dog gets hurt or a person gets hurt you need to be able to provide proof of the rabies vaccine so that is really important to have even a lot of grooming facilities i i know they might not require the vaccines maybe they'll require rabies but Sometimes they tend to be more lenient because it's smaller dogs that don't really go out much. People don't get them vaccinated. But even if a groomer gets bit, they should have that proof that the dog is vaccinated. So core vaccines, I think, should be required to just show proof. You could accept titer testing um, as a business. I would accept titer testing. If you're a client, I would ask um, if you could provide a titer test to like instead of showing that they have just temper and parvo if you can just show that they still have the antibodies that's what i do with my dog she doesn't get updated vaccines she's up to date on her rabies obviously because it's required by law but for distemper and parvo i just keep doing tighter tests and she still has the antibodies so 
if she ever comes or she has low antibodies, I will get her revaccinated. But right now I just do the titer tests. So if I was to ever need to bring her somewhere, I would ask if I can show proof of the titer test. The Borda Televaccine, in my opinion, this is just there to cover pet care facilities, just to make it like, I don't want to say takeaway responsibility, but it's more so to cover us. So if your dog gets sick, we have pets vaccinated against it. So we're taking precautions. But in my opinion, with the Bordetella vaccine, it's a live virus. So your dog getting it, they can shed the vaccine and get other dogs sick. They can get sick from the vaccine. And there's so many viruses and bacteria that can lead to kennel cough that the vaccine does not cover all of those strains. I really don't think the Bordetella vaccine should be required, but the reason why is just so pet care facilities can be covered just in case an outbreak happens, which it does happen. Whenever you have dogs that are in a close setting, in close contact, where they're playing, they're sharing water, it's just an increased likelihood of spreading illness. Tax. This isn't really a policy. This is just something that like, if you are a business, you pay taxes, so you need to charge taxes. This is a big one for myself where like, yes, I work from home, but I am a legitimate business. I'm an incorporation, so I pay taxes. I have to charge tax. Regardless if you pay cash, you still have to pay tax. So if you go to a facility that doesn't charge tax when you pay cash, that's illegal. So I get so many people who question me like, oh, if I pay cash, do I pay tax? Yes. I don't want to be one of those companies that risks getting in trouble because I'm not charging tax. So I don't know why people complain about having to pay tax. Like you would never ever go somewhere else and complain about paying tax. So I don't know why they complain going into a pet care facility. This happened not even just from me grooming. This is at other facilities that I've worked at um, of people complaining about paying tax, but it is what it is. We have to pay tax as a business. You have to pay tax as the client. We're providing you a service. Tax is tax. So those are generally the main policies that you will see in the pet care industry. And that's why we have those policies in place. They're not to nickel and dime you. They're not to give, um, they're not to be an inconvenience to you. They're really just there for the safety of your pet to make everything run smoothly. There are reasons for why we have these rules. So I hope this was a little bit eye-opening for you guys as clients to why we have these policies in place. And hopefully next time you go to your groomer or you go to your daycare, you can be a little bit more appreciative of them and what they do. Please rate, please review, please share. And if you don't follow my Instagram account, please follow my Instagram for the podcast. It's Bath and Biscuits, the podcast. I'll link it in the description of this episode. I appreciate you guys so much for listening and I will definitely have an episode out next week as well. So make sure you guys um, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, wherever you're listening to the podcast. I'll see you guys next week. Thanks.